welcome everybody to episode three of the coolest podcast that there is wrestling is cool sancho how you doing pal wrestling is getting interesting we've got some people returning we've got people that have returned but haven't appeared on screen yet it's crazy it's crazy yeah and we are finally entering a new era endeavor tko ufc wwe miss mcmahon is no longer the majority shareholder it's a new era, folks. Yeah, but I, I feel like we got the final Vince McMahon-ism, the final nail on top of everything, uh, you know, Night on his oil. last night. Yeah, right? <laughs> he was. Apparently, this last episode of Monday Night Raw had a bunch of rewrites, a bunch of, like, shifting and canceling of certain matches, and that screams Vince McMahon. I feel like this was, you know what? Oh, I'm going to go down swinging. I'm going to go down swinging. This will be such good shit. Yeah, I think that we got the, the most Vince McMahon episode of Monday Night Raw, but hey, it was a good episode. It was a good episode. It was cooking. It was yeah. cooking. I mean, maybe the dessert and the aftertaste wasn't that great, <laughs> but it, it was pretty solid overall show, I would say. I would say so as well. Hey, and you know what? What we're talking about is the return of Nia Jax, the irresistible force. Although they gave her a new name. They called her the Annihilator, which is a little too close to the Eradicator. Like, what are we doing here? Come on. She was fine as the irresistible force. The Annihilator, a little bit weird. I don't love that. But let's talk about the return of Nia Jax, and it's got the internet not divided if anything i think it's got the internet united on just about the majority of people on the internet not happy with this choice so we're going to talk about one obviously the return of nia Jax. what did you think about her interfering in that main event um what do you think about her addition to the women's division and let's look at that completely objectively and three what do we think about you know like the safety of the performers because nia Jax, i'm pretty sure she has a watch mojo top 10 watch mojo top 10 of all the times that nia Jax has injured somebody so like there's some valid concerns there in terms of her safety in the ring so we're I'm talking about all those things so Nia Jax returned during the main event of Monday Night Raw main evented by the women in what I thought was a spectacular match and it was getting unfortunately the return happened when the match was getting really good oh, yeah. oh my oh, yeah. goodness catching her on like that head scissors and smashing Rhea onto the yeah. side of the table then the power bond onto the apron like the match was cooking and then interrupted by Nia Jax initial gut feelings on when she interrupted and her reveal it could be that they were running out of time. Who knows? But I, I told you, Payback, that was an underrated match. A lot of people did not like uh, Raquel and, and Rhea, right? They all thought it was it was, it was was a snoozer because of the Steel City thing. But I told y'all, there is a good match there. And the chemistry between those two was phenomenal. I mean, the, the I love the submission hold of Mommy using the leg lock. Like, there's, there's some good stuff that they're adding to Rhea's repertoire. And, man, Raquel looked great. And like you mentioned, they were cooking. When, in terms of the interfering when it happened, I mean... It has to happen at some point, but mm -hmm. I, I love the idea of keeping Raquel now in the feud with Nia, uh, Nia Jax. I think that's fine. I, I think we got to keep them separated because Rhea can only with, withhold and put off Raquel so much because Raquel's gonna eventually going to win. I just feel like she's gotten so much better as a babyface wrestler. I know she was a heel in NXT. Correct me if I'm wrong. I remember mm -hmm. she had a, a solid run, but I don't mind Miss Jax, dude. I honestly don't. Mm -hmm. I know... Honestly, my timeline, I thought was going to be flooded with Aaron Rodgers for the entire night of mm. him going down for the season. Sorry, Jet fans. That's, yikes, mwah, that's, mwah. that's it. <laughs> but no, as soon as like 
10 o'clock hit on my my time zone it was whoa was like they were like someone came into my twitch chat and was like you're not gonna like the end of raw <laughs> <laughs> what I, what do you mean i'm not gonna like the end of the raw uh honestly think dude she's needed there's yeah. not a lot of heels on that roster there is i can't think of a heel off the top of my head that could be I mean, Shayna, Shayna has become like a hybrid. And now that she's with um, Zoe, I, I don't see her being a heel. A lot of people like Zoe and they kind of dropped that heel thing uh, after the feud with um, Becky and, and Trisha's over. I don't see that going with Zoe anymore. And Bianca is not active right now. She's on the shelf. So I think why not? I mean, that's what heels do, Santi. You're supposed to hate them. Yeah. You're supposed to boo them. And she got a lot of heat just showing up, bro. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think it's the right kind of heat. You know, I think she's getting a lot of boos and a lot of jeers and a lot of distaste from wrestling fans online, not because she's a great heel worker. I think it's I think it, it runs a little bit deeper than that, which, you know, sometimes, you know, I wish that fans could maybe keep that separate from like what we're seeing on TV. Right. Because what we saw, like you said, I think is a great heel return. She ruined yes. a great match that people were getting behind. And that's a good heel move. That's a good heel mm -hmm. move, right? Like, you know, like for example, when people want tables, when there's a table that's about to break, what does the heel do? They turn over the table and don't give the fans what they want. Like it's right. it's, it's good heel work. And I think it's a good decision if, if we're planning on making Nia Jax one of the top heels on Monday Night Raw. I will say this, and I'll tr I'm trying to be as objective as possible. She was like sorely needed in this, uh, specifically on the Monday Night Raw roster. I think on SmackDown would have been overkill. There's a lot going on on SmackDown. A lot of great heels, a lot of great faces over on SmackDown. The Raw roster is thin when it comes to mm -hmm. women, not just heels, just women in general and more mm -hmm. importantly than that women that could be seen as a legitimate threat, threat to Rhea right? Ripley there's like mm -hmm. none it's Raquel and Becky Lynch and Becky Lynch is taking her ball and going down to NXT for probably a couple of months if we make the assumption that she's gonna win that title so her appearance and when they made her debut, because she's been apparently signed for about a month, I think was very well-timed. They know that they're losing Becky Lynch from, from active competition on Raw for a while, so we need to supplement this somehow. So I think it's a great move. I agree with you there. Now, where the the ire Heat. of... What's that? Where the heat comes from? Where the, where the hate? Yeah, 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 yeah. The ire, the heat, where it comes from, it is from her history of injuring True. people. And She's like, stiff. yeah, and She's that's, that's an objective truth. Like, this is not a subjective thing of whether I like Nia Jax or not. Like, there, there's just footage out there. There's literal compilations of her sometimes just hurting individuals or flat out injuring them and making them lose time. Poor Kyrie Sane probably got it the worst twice from Nia Jax. Yep. And of course, Nia Jax returns on the eve when she's supposed to be returning probably in a couple of weeks. So Kyrie Sane's probably nervous. She's hurt Bailey. She hurt Ember Moon to the point where her husband was pissed and tweeting at Nia Jax, calling her an unsafe worker. Uh, mm -hmm. She got into a fight after being stiff against a Charlotte. Like there's a, there's an actual fight in the ring between those two. Now, mind you, they're yep. both to blame. Like I'm not just putting this on, on Nia Jax, but then the most famous one was her, de her derailing the insane momentum of the most 
not popular female WWE superstar, the most mm -hmm. popular wrestler on the planet at the time, Becky Lynch, when she broke her nose and prevented her from having a match at Survivor Series, a dream match that we were clamoring for and never got between Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. So we have seen and we have evidence of objective evidence, not subjective, of Nia Jax being a dangerous worker. And people are coming to the defense and saying, well, you know, she could have evolved in those three years. I don't I don't think so. I don't think so, because, you know, if she was dangerous when she was actively doing wrestling and training wrestling, I think it's not a crazy thing to say that her being away from the wrestling ring from, from for a very long time might mean that she's coming back rustier than ever. I don't think that that's a crazy statement either. She's she's like I said, she's mad stiff and she literally gave the Yokozuna bomb to Rhea and slapped her yeah. like legitimately slapped her. And I was just like. That was just an odd mood because it didn't add to anything and it just made you shake your head and you could tell Rio was like, wait, what? Why mm -hmm. are you hitting me this way? Uh, I, I just think that she can't... I just feel objectively bad for her because she was kind of thrown into the fire very young. She was very green when she first walked in, right? If you have to go back to the beginning of her career. And she's always been the, this threat and they didn't even throw her against the men in the Royal Rumble, and remember she took like literally every single finisher Yes. before they got her out. That so was glorious. I mean, that's what I mean. She's really strong, and WWE knows that she gets a reaction from people, but if it, objectively, if we have, we've been using that word today, if you look at it from a fan that just, just does not know wrestling, a, a, a kid or just someone who just watches the product, you would be fearful of her because of just her presence and the way she's booked and how strong she is and her ability just to be able to just destroy Rhea was was quite alarming if you want to look at it that way but do we have a right back situation on our hands where people are just afraid to work with her that's the question going forward if they change her move set i mean was it because i think saying was just so small and that they wanted to make uh naya like a huge monster that was was it a buckle bomb right it was a buckle bomb that kind of just destroyed uh, Kyrie saying if, I, if my memory is Oh, it's like correct. three things. Yeah, she right. like yeah. lawn darted her face first into a, a set of steel steps they, at one right. point. Like it's bad. It's bad. It definitely is bad. I want to stay optimistic. I don't want to feel like I haven't. The only red flag that I've seen so far is her slapping Rhea for for no apparent reason. And that, that Yokosuna drop looked a little bit rough. That bonsai <laughs> was, drop was and, nasty. That bonsai drop looked nasty, and Rhea took all of it. It felt like her face turned red immediately when she got hit with it. Uh, but I would have to be happy if you are, one, a W for being inventing Raw. It was a great match, mm -hmm. physical match. And I love the chemistry between Raquel and Rhea. I, I want more of it. There's just something about how... The body slams were so clean, too, from Raquel. There was just so much good stuff in that match, and they're just going to keep getting better. I honestly think the chemistry reminds me of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. It gives me those kind of vibe where you know if they're, they're in a match together, you're going to get a banger of a match. It reminds me early on of, um, like, even, like, it would be blasphemy to say, but, like, uh, like Hogan Macho Man, right? They, they're, they just click together. They're kind of, like, the same a little bit, but okay. they, just, they just click. I mean, it's, it's, I like a, it's, a, it's a bold statement to compare them to Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Like, it's refreshing. You, it's you, refreshing <laughs> to have women that have good chemistry. 
okay, but you picked like the two greatest with the best chemistry of all time. I I just said, I think you're shot for the stars here. They're on the way there. (laughs) They're on the way. I could go with like what? Okay. Oh, actually on my notes, I wrote Stone Cold and Savio Vega. Okay. Okay. That's a little bit, that's that's a little bit of an easier pill to swallow. (laughs) I was, I was, I was trying to pull anything. Yes. Stone Cold and Savio Vega. If you want to watch early in their matches before Stone Cold became Stone Cold, Mm. when he was, on the way becoming they had like a really fun strap match as well um that is the chemistry that i'm seeing early on that could become a bret hart and Shawn michaels sure sure now um do you think at all that this is uh coincidence or do you think that this is all well timed with finally the merger of wwe ufc and endeavor do we think that now this could mean that some of the wwe superstars that were signed that weren't being used because uh allegedly this merger was what's what was stopping major plans do you think the likes of carlito who signed the likes of authors of pain who are signed that a lot of people thought were going to appear on nxt last week because they were doing this big tag team thing where every tag team in nxt was having a party together a lot of people thought that it was right for the taking for for the re-debut of authors of pain do we see is this the the first domino to fall of course and it gets me excited i i don't i don't i mean naya is not like a casual fan draw so to speak I know I talked about where people could buy into her more if you're a casual fan, but mm-hmm. she's not a name that will get headlines excited. In our in our squared circle, yes, we all know who she is, but she's not. I'm not going to be able to go to you know someone who loved Stone Cold or someone who loved um, Lita and be able to like get them excited about Nia Jax. But the other names that you mentioned, a hundred percent, like Carlito, LWO. Thank goodness something's happening. I feel like they sold out for a bit. I loved Authors of Pain. I thought Authors of Pain, when they were first coming up, I thought they were joining the Uso Penitentiary. That's what I wanted. I thought that would have been a legit stable. Look, I'll, I'll say the Authors of Pain are a top three NXT tag team of all time. Like, that, yeah. I think they were just phenomenal uh, on NXT. So, I, mm-hmm. I, I, like, I'm, I'm excited to see them re-debut. One more question yeah. for you. What the heck does this mean for Rhea Ripley? Because I've been saying for a while that I think it'd be really interesting. A really interesting dynamic, because we kind of saw it with the bloodline, but not fully, where the stable are bad guys, But there is one person in there that's a good guy. I think that could create a really interesting dynamic, especially if one of the bad guys is her on-screen boyfriend, Dominic Mysterio. I think that could create really, really interesting fan reactions and just a a weird thread of narratives that I'm kind of down to see. I love it. It's like there's something for everybody with Judgment Day, and that's why they're everywhere. That they, they they fill the bucket for almost everything you need. You need a, a crappy heel, you got Dominic. You need a worker like Finn who could wrestle anybody and put on a solid match even though he was losing, you could you got Finn. If you need a big, big man, you got Damien, right, who's great on the mic, and at the same time, he's just a big physical presence. That's what I like about Judgment Day, and, like, I agree with you. Rhea is the one of the, the biggest faces, mm-hmm. I think, in, in wrestling right now. And she has that draw. I'm excited about Anaya coming back as well because it gives her something to do besides just being an accessory to Judgment Day. Yeah, besides waiting I, for Becky Lynch. Right. But besides waiting for Becky yeah. Lynch, it gives her a, a, a Brock Lesnar type to work through. I mean, we get to see Rhea 
tossed around a little bit more and overcome a couple of things. And that's the, we talked about, right? She's a heel. She shouldn't have to do that, but she is legit a face in a heel faction, which if I were to think about, I can't think, I, I can't think of it. Maybe bloodline Sami Zayn bloodline yeah, Sami Zayn maybe that, probably maybe that maybe Wolfpack NWO mm -hmm. I mean they were the good NWO but like yeah. you know what I mean like there's kind of, it's blurring the lines but I think modern wrestling as time goes on will continue to blur the lines and just like family you got good family members and you got one bad egg so you're gonna have things like that I would love a face faction where there's a heel amongst them mm -hmm. kind of reminds me like an MJF right MJF he's kind of pretending to be a face in AEW right now with Adam right. Cole, but we know deep down that dude's a heel inside. Yeah, he's our scumbag. Hey, we, yeah. I mean, we started talking about Judgment Day, so let's move into that topic. Like, what the heck is happening with the Judgment Day? What's up? Thumbs up on Naya or thumbs down? Oh, my goodness. Um, Like, I have to look at it from both perspectives. I will say thumbs up because it is a needed, needed mm -hmm. roster shakeup for Raw. Thumbs down because, look, if in any other job, if you mess up as many times as Nia Jax has, you're fired. Like, I just don't understand. She She's able to just come back. I guess she's The Rock's cousin. You know, she's got the connections. But, like, I mean, if you burn 10 burgers in a row in McDonald's after being there for years, I think, I think you're going to get axed. And I don't think that they're going to take you back with open arms. And yet they're doing it here anyway. So, like, I'll say thumbs down from that regard. So I have to. So I'm going to I'm, I'm going to tread in the middle. But I, I am excited to see what they do ultimately. Okay, I just want to get you locked down on somewhere where yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, after you ruined my amazing transition, I was always was a good one. Oh. I just wanted a button. We needed a button on Nia Jax. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, judgment Day. Judgment Day. Uh, what What's going on here, right? Because we're seeing them appear on SmackDown, uh, which is good because they were defending the uh, the WWE tag titles against an actual tag team in the Brawling Brutes. That's refreshing. We actually haven't had that. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn rarely did that. And they made, um, they, they went out of their way to mention Judgment Day is here because they're the tag champions and they're allowed to be on both shows. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see this more often. But the reason I'm bringing up the Judgment Day is because we've got a, we got a weird dynamic with the Bloodline storyline that's happening on Raw and happening on SmackDown. Because on SmackDown, they aligned with Jimmy and Solo and, and uh, Paul Heyman to help beat down uh, AJ Styles. But then also on Raw, they're trying to pitch their pyramid scheme over uh, to try and recruit Jey Uso, who is, I guess, a, the de facto biggest enemy of the bloodline. So they're kind of playing two sides of the coin here. And I'm curious where you think they stand. Like, what's the play with Judgment Day? Like, what are we doing with them? Are they playing Jey Uso? Are they playing the bloodline? Are they like, what's going on here? Ultimately, I think it's bloodline playing judgment day in general they're trying to sucker if you had to uh, you know they're trying to sucker jay back into the judgment day so then he could get suckered back into the bloodline it's basically they're telling jay you have no home anywhere come back to the judgment day and then it's remember remember way when they first crossed roman and judgment day mm -hmm. it was paul Heyman asking for a favor i need you to take out yeah. somebody uh was take out Sami Zayn, and they and they couldn't do it and they were like you owe a debt to the bloodline Remember yes. that? Yeah, like I do. I do. Yep. You, owe a, you owe us a debt. So I think these are just two heel factions working, working Jay to try to get him back into the fold. And I love that 
it just shows you, like I mentioned, how versatile the uh, Judgment Day is. And it's covering a lot of the holes in the game that the faction has. They're, 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 before they got all the gold, the promos were not that great. They were, they were kind of floundering, I felt like. They were in a stalling uh, flight pattern. But Finn's promos are getting better. I feel like Damien is, is getting more comfortable walking around with all the gold as senior money in the bank. I think Rhea no longer being this thing like, hey, you guys need to stop fighting. I am the mediator type thing. Now that she doesn't have to do that, she could go back to mommy. And in fact, as well as Dominic's like this ultimate flex, if you need him to take a pin, he could take a pin. But it's just so amazing to see. I think it, the reason why WWE has him everywhere, it just shows them that the sign of trust that mm -hmm. they are making money for them and getting ratings. And whatever segment that they're in, they're not a problem just yet. So do I'm you, not sick of seeing them. No, I'm not sick of seeing them either. Um, and, no. and that's good. That's good. Um, I guess what I'm what I'm wondering is, uh, do we see this being a long term play or just a play for the storyline involving Jey Uso? Until, until Roman comes back. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what else? What else? I think the bloodline right now is struggling without Roman the most. It, it, I feel I'm not getting that same must see TV vibe every time. What's going to happen? I think without Roman, Jay, and Jimmy, I'm not sure how great they are going to be as solo matches because they have better matches with Roman. Um, I think Jay is in a better spot than Jimmy, and Jimmy as a, as a singles wrestler is going to struggle much more than Jay is because Jay has a little bit of juice behind him calling the main event Jay, mm -hmm. and he has a crowd thing behind him. Uh, I like the arrogant thing that Jimmy's going with right now. That's kind of interesting, him trying to get back into the bloodline. But Solo struggles, I feel. Heyman is kind of like, doesn't know what he's quite doing with Solo either. Like, it doesn't have that same anger or scariness mm -hmm. that Roman I agree. has. I agree. You know what I mean? Like, Solo and Heyman don't don't gel as well as Roman. or like It doesn't feel natural. It just feels like a placeholder thing. And so that's what my point is. I think Judgment Day gives us enough to cover up that Roman's not here. And it allows him them to play with John Cena. I hope John Cena does get involved with Judgment Day a little bit because he can't overshadow all of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we're gonna have if That's... we're gonna have John Cena, and I like I've already, I'm on record saying that I I still don't think we we need John, but if he gives some good moments with Judgment Day and especially Dominic, oh, I'm in for that, dude. You know. John Cena and Dominic segment? I would Come love on. that. I would pay so much money to see that. But the million dollar question, Sancho, where is Jay walking to? Every time we catch him backstage, he's walking. Where is he walking to? How big is this place? How long could he be possible? Like, is he is he walking to the to to one side of the United States to the other, like Forrest Gump? Like he's always walking. Can he sit down? Can he relax? Yeah. Is he like yeah. in one of those situations, like The Flash, where or or bus? I can't remember if that's the movie that's called. I think it's called. I don't know. There's a movie about a bus that if it stops, it blows up. Maybe it's that situation. Speed. Speed. speed yes yeah, speed yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe it's that maybe maybe there's a poison coursing through his veins where he's not allowed to sit it's a metaphor bro <laughs> he has no place he's not allowed in the locker room people hate him he's a wandering nomad looking mm. for a home trying to find a home and my, personally is i wrote a note on that i was like i wish they had more locker room segments like i just miss seeing the locker room mm -hmm. like those were some of my favorite segments is when they're in the locker room i remember ray mysterio breaking the, the <laughs> that's thing, a classic right, right? that's a classic I just, I, I just think they need more locker room they have too many like weird 
settings. I love the authority and having that luscious lounge, you know, they had that mm. nice with the TV screens and everything. Every time you knew they were at the authority, but um, in route and judgment day has a weird, like, chain link fence and they have all their belts yeah they everywhere. got like a little dungeon of doom down yeah, there yeah yeah i miss like the apa having like their like their the door and then the, <laughs> the poker, poker table. table yeah right so it's like i i wish they had more signals like like show jay at catering like show jay somewhere else that that in it shows you that this is a big production maybe he's talking to the guy about his music i don't know like i i think that wwe should sometimes not be afraid to show a little bit more behind the curtain uh, because I'm just tired of just this big exoskeleton of this stadium that we're always seeing that's lit up in a weird way. It looks like mankind should pop out of nowhere type of thing, but <laughs> I agree. Um, but yes, to answer your question, it's a metaphor. Yeah, that's probably okay. a better answer than poison coursing through his veins and he can't stop uh, walking. Um, I will say this, uh, just to put a pin wait, on are this. You, wait, are you talking about the movie with Jason Statham? I think I, I can't. That's crazy. Is it Crank? Is that yeah, what I'm thinking? Okay. Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah, I know yeah, there's yeah, one where you. the bus that can't stop or it blows that's up. I'm your, I'm your movie guy. Thank you. you. Thank you. Right. <laughs> I'll just give you the okay. vague description. and uh, Yeah, it's the movie with the guy with the face. Uh, and he's yeah. got two faces and it's on the other guy's face. That's uh, Darkman. I, I was I actually going you. for face off. Face off? Okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was face off, but Darkman's a good pull. All right. I mean, let's stick uh, with, with SmackDown here. So, rumor online, and it's confirmed to be purely rumor, uh, is that LA Knight signed a five year contract with the WWE with a potential stipulation, or whether verbal or written, that uh, he's going to get a big main event push. I don't know what that necessarily means. Could be, uh, you know, main event matches, it could be X amount of main event spots on. PLEs, it could mean winning the title. I'm not sure exactly what that means. We've we've gotten tidbits of what these kind of contracts that talk about main events look like. For example, you know, it's it's come out like the Logan Paul, you know, main event um, clause was, you know, that match in Saudi Arabia versus Roman Reigns. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily mean winning the championship. Anyways, I digress. So uh, we had on SmackDown, LA Knight have a little bit of a confrontation with Paul. Paul Heyman, the, the arguably the greatest mic worker of all time, going up against one of the best up and coming mic workers in L.A. Knight. And that is going to be a wonderful battle of words. But what does this mean? Is this the WWE's vote of confidence that they've got L.A. Knight for the long term? Are they realizing this guy's too much of a cash cow it's to the point where he had a T-shirt that only lasted a month and a half and they are like, new T-shirt, all right? You know, that's usually... Oh, I love that that's, new T-shirt. That's, so that, that's a John Cena thing, all right? It, that's yeah. a John Cena strategy that they that's used to do in, in the late 2000s and the in the early 2010s. A new John Cena shirt every, every two months, maybe that's what they're mm -hmm. doing with L.A. Knight. So I'm definitely seeing a lot of that vote of confidence uh, and a lot of uh, the hey good things come to those that wait starting to play out here because a backstage segment of that I guess intensity with Paul Heyman is cannot be a one-off it can't be a one-off there's no way if it was a you know a funny Akira Tozawa and Paul Heyman segments like ah that's funny uh, yeah ha, that's good hey all right Akira Tozawa is not dethroning the tribal chief Roman Reigns right but when it's LA Knight, an up and coming guy that people want to see having a not just running, but like what felt like a serious confrontation with Paul Heyman, 
I feel like that speaks volumes in terms of what the WWE sees in LA Knight or what they plan on doing with LA Knight over the next couple of months. What do you think? This is this is perfect. Not only that, you have him going up against Austin Theory and Walla. I think it's like the perfect next move over. I mean, I know he has a match with The Miz upcoming. If you're listening right now on Friday, you're getting the show for free. You're going to see it on SmackDown a little bit later today. If you get it on Patreon, you know we were talking about this a lot earlier. So, yes. Heyman's the perfect vote of confidence for a guy like Ellie Knight. So much better than John Cena. This is the just the right note. Why did you Listen, have to? Why did you have, I to, have to? Un, un, unnecessary to. jab at John you, Cena. You, why did you, you even have to do that? Do you see the difference between a Paul Heyman vote of confidence and a John Cena vote of confidence? I'm not saying that the Paul Heyman one isn't better. I'm just saying you didn't need to, you didn't need it. to belittle the John Cena one. Me, Dude. I am saying it, baby. It All is right. Sancho so West, uh, biggest LA Knight Glazer and John Cena hater. Oh, yeah. Go on, keep, keep, oh, yeah. go off, King. Go off. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> with the jelly and the cream. Yes. <laughs> No, like I think this is great because not only that, it shows you the levels of LA Knight being able to, you know, even say yeah, yeah, that different tone. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it just shows you that. Man, I just I said yeah unconsciously. It's just so many different levels that we were scratching the surface of LA Knight, and Paul Heyman would bring him out. And at the same time, I don't think Paul Heyman would ever, 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 ever call out the gimmick of LA Knight in any kind of way. I don't think he will call him a cosplayer. I don't think he will call him a throwback to Attitude Era. He won't necessarily bury him too hard. He would challenge him, but he is a special kind of finesse that in that way he was like, he put him over by saying, I'm a really big fan of what you're mm. doing. And then sinking back down to like, but you better knock next time you come in through that door. The perfect, perfect tones of note. It just gets me excited because that tells me that Paul Heyman is saying, let me take care of LA Knight a little bit. Let me work with this guy. I know exactly what this guy needs to take him to the next level. And it's not like he's going to speak with him. He's just going to challenge him. And even if LA Knight fights solo and then you got Paul Heyman and solo, those would be a great segment promos between the two. And even though I said like Heyman and solo don't work, they don't work as a bloodline, but they would work if he was fighting someone outside the bloodline. Sure. I think there are some great things in the future for LA Knight. You talk about this five-year contact contract, main eventing. It's just blue skies. And the only thing, you know, you just hope that everything goes well. I know he had that slip up and he kind of tweaked his ankle look like a little bit. I'm all about LA Knight. I think LA Knight has brought a newfound love for me for wrestling. And if you've watched the podcast for the past two weeks, you know that I can't stop thinking about it. Literally, my Twitch chat, I have or TikTok, every time someone follows, I hear, yeah, and I do it all the time. I'm all about him, dude. Uh, <laughs> the, the thing about it, it was when I saw it with Heyman, I was like, dude, this is this is it. This is what I was talking about. This is the right baby step for LA Knight. It's perfect. Yeah, that, uh, there was somebody that explained it to me, that, and, I, and I went, oh, yeah. You watch Breaking Bad? Yes, of course. Okay, all right. For those that haven't watched Breaking Bad, there's a character named Gus Fring who is able to go from oh. this, yeah, Gustavo, from this happy manager of a fried chicken joint with a smile, and then at any moment, that smile can turn upside down and he'll threaten to kill your very entire sinister. family. Very, yeah. very sinister. And that's the vibes that I got there from Paul Heyman that I'm a oh, yeah. huge fan yeah. Like, don't you ever do yeah. what you just did to me ever again. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Like, we yeah. got to see both ranges of Paul Heyman in that segment, and I absolutely loved it. I would like to see um, 
uh, I guess LA Knight be, I don't know if the, if the word is more serious because I, I don't think that everything needs to be serious in wrestling, but mm-hmm. I think he needs to get away from the some of the hokey insults that he's been that he's yes. been doing the last couple yes. of weeks the Miz's 100%. wife the hey uh, yeah. have your mom call me or whatever yes. like if you yes. if you're going to go against Paul Heyman uh you can't like that's just not going to no. work like you, you yeah, yeah. you you're, you're going to need to bring a a a far more higher level of creativity when it comes yeah. to your verbal jabs that don't devolve into what I see personally as, you know, childish. There's holes in LA Knight's game. They are there. And we're seeing the more that he's on the air more and more and he's given the spotlight for sure. The magnifying glass is on LA Knight. Mm-hmm. And the I see it as it's surface level stuff. Like very surface level stuff that it's Sure, you could say it's attitude era. You could say the rock used to do it a lot, right? He used to call people Rudy Poo, right? He used to walk around and do all that. You call John Cena Fruity Pebbles, all that kind of fun stuff, right? It just doesn't you could tell that it just falls flat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like very flat. It's a bad joke. It's poor taste. And it's not uh it's not a knock against LA Knight. I know there's some people that said that they love the thing about Mrs. Wife. They thought it was hilarious. Oh, I thought it was lame. But I, I, I just think like he could do better. He's better and than we, that. We've seen him do better. Mm-hmm. And that is a cheap heat, cheap pop, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Like telling him to go like, oh, yeah, he was like, you know, you go talk to your mother. I'm sure she's she loves you. You haven't seen her in a while. And tell her I said hi. Like, what does that do? That, doesn't, that didn't add why? anything. I'm, you and I are on the same page there. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, man, I'm a realist. I, I, I could say when my favorite wrestler currently is an issue. Unlike you. But that's the thing that I'm talking about. You did not, dude. Oh, dude, we're going to throw hands. We're going to throw hands. So that's where the people hate to see. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, heck, we can we can jump into things. So, you know, one of the things that you mentioned there was uh, like in this environment that we are in right now, which is still a PG environment, those jokes I, I guess what I'm trying to say is those types of jokes are not able to go far enough for us to go, oh, you got them good, because right. they have to keep them PG enough where if you try to go down that route, they're just like kind of cringe, right? Because you, you yeah. look over at what MJF is doing, and I don't think MJF is as good on the mic as people say, because MJF leans and he he does it very well. He leans on saying the most ruthless insults to people that you could possibly think of. And these are things that just wouldn't translate to the WWE because you can't do those things. He'll go into Texas and make fun of like the abortion laws. He'll go right. to Mississippi and call them all backwoods hillbillies that hook up with their sisters like okay like it's easy to get right cheap heat like that like that is that that's cheap heat that's why the current iteration of mjf i think is a better mic worker because he's not yeah. doing those things he's showing better range and he he's getting more organic reactions as opposed to making them feel forced right now he's in a better environment to do those like ruthless jokes because he's able to take it to level 10 as opposed to la Knight having to keep it at level three and at level three they just sound cringe when you make fun of the wife when you make fun of the mom it's cringe so 
Let's move on to the next topic. We're talking about mic workers here. And I put out a tweet <laughs> and and I put it out basically a second time. A farmer. You're a farmer. Dude. <laughs> I'm farming, dude. You are a farmer. Dude, dude. I am planting I seeds. For a while. I could uh, see a farm. Oh, buddy. And I'm making those Elon dollars, buddy, on 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 the X. I put out a tweet saying heel. Go ahead. <laughs> I put out a tweet saying that it is an undeniable truth that John Cena is a better mic worker. I said 100%. Uh, you know what, Sancho, carry for a second. I will just read the tweet. I just got to gotta actually find it. All right, go ahead. Okay, so this definitely triggered me in a way because I come from, again, if you're new to the show, I come from the Attitude Era. I watched a lot of the Attitude Era. Santi comes from the Ruthless Aggression. He started watching wrestling in 20, uh, 2002, and he wrote this tweet. Santi. Yeah. So I wrote two, like Sancho said, I'm farming because the first one went viral. I'm like, I'm doing it again. So the first one with about uh, 600,000 views on Twitter was John Cena completely eviscerated and mopped the floor with the best mic worker of the most popular era of the WWE, The Rock. And I see people asking who's a better on the mic, Cena or MJF? Fellas, let this question die. It's Cena and it's literally not even close. I saw all of the replies and most of the replies weren't even about MJF. They were about The Rock, about how he didn't eviscerate the 1999 Rock would absolutely would have eviscerated Cena. And we're going to talk about this because then my follow up tweet, because I absolutely had to farm this. Are you kidding me? Closing in on a million views? I'm doing it again. We're doubling down. The next tweet reads. <clears throat> Cena is 100% better on the mic than Rock. In 2011, he took him out back and executed him. Quote, ooh, that was 2011 PG Rock. 1999 Rock would destroy him, end quote. I'm going to leave he out that did, word that did, I said. He did small capital letters, big capital. He did all <laughs> those. He did that, that voice, all right? I say, dipshit. Do you think that Cena's a time traveler? They both existed in 2011 and operated under the same rules and the same parameters, and Cena ruined him. Literally made him a meme for the past 11 years. I'm referring to the, like, the writing your promo on your wrist. I have proof that Cena owned Rock. All you have is speculation. Shoulda, woulda, cut us from the 90s. Now let's watch all the 40 and 50 year old Attitude Era marks have a meltdown in the replies. Ah, that was cathartic. Wow. <laughs> wow. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk got, about. I, I got worked. You worked me and you worked the entire timeline. <laughs> I do. Absolutely. I worked the world on that one. Uh, to clarify, you know, it sounded like I think The Rock is a joke and is pathetic. The Rock is my second favorite WWE superstar of all time. I absolutely adore The Rock. I love, love, love The Rock. But I think that I'm right. I think that John Cena is the best in-ring mic worker of all time, because I think the greatest mic worker of all time is Paul Heyman. But I think as an in-ring competitor, John Cena is the very, very best. You know, I will say this. Cena has gotten this accolade from a lot of people. Uh, even that don't like him that admit that Cena is a great mic worker. And he did all of this in the PG era where everything is censored. You can't take it far. And then the second where the best mic worker of the attitude era who had 
the reins to say whatever he wanted. The second he steps into the ring in John Cena's domain under the same rules and the same parameters, he got attitude adjustmented out of 2011. Just made an... CM Punk did the same thing to The Rock, by the way. CM Punk owned The Rock. Uh, so, Sancho, it seems like you, you wanted to jump in and you had a couple of words after I worked you. I I, I did. I, I here, I'm going to say something here that may may divide us okay right here right now this could be the end more so than raquel and Rhea are the sean michaels and bret yeah. hart of our generation okay but what they're building to that, I <laughs> that okay all right i think the writing on the wrist promo is a work it's not and it is a work a hundred percent as someone that grew up in the attitude era there is no way that The Rock, who is known to cut the best promos of all time and the bunniest segments of all time during the Attitude Era, who's gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of the best in that Attitude Era, with Triple H, Stone Cold, Mankind, The Undertaker, all that to go out there with the biggest Sharpie written things on his wrist. There's no shot. I didn't believe it then. I don't believe it now, and I don't believe it forever. Okay? <laughs> well, look, there's the, you know, the, the story is now, it, it was... Now, it, now, now you may think that it is real because the way The Rock reacted, which is very, very real. He was very upset. But I don't think The Rock was upset about being called out about that. I think The Rock was upset at John Cena for breaking the business. And when I... My reply to you, and I think somewhere, I don't know where I replied to you, I said that I think sometimes John Cena dips too much in his toes into the business part of wrestling, the behind the curtain, the stuff that normally people like from Rock's era don't talk about, the stuff that they don't break. They keep kayfabe, right? They keep these things kind of mutual. And I think the reason why The Rock got heated, perhaps, was that John crossed the line. And there's been interviews where John said he felt like he did cross the line and that he didn't understand at the time that you need to work with your, your fellow wrestler and not necessarily do that. And that was a lesson that he learned from those promos with The Rock in that he's like, they're cool now or something like that. I'm, I'm kind of butchering it. But like I said, I will never, ever, ever, ever believe that The Rock wrote <laughs> things on his but that made no sense the only reason why if he would santi is because that the at the error that you speak of that john is dominant in is an overproduced writers and everything like that and maybe the rock was not wanting and maybe he nah there's the backpedaling there listen, it listen, is there is the backpedaling back i'm simply saying i'm simply saying that i don't believe it and and somebody told john there's something on his hand it was a work Okay, and so you you're it. so you're telling me that yeah. he, uh, as a work on purpose, wrote this down on his wrist, but also at the same time, you're telling me that The Rock got pissed because Cena called it out. I think what it is is okay because that doesn't make any sense i just i just i know your theory i absolutely one punched it it literally completely out of this stratosphere i think in my opinion at the time because that's when i jumped back into wrestling and i was like there's just no way that the rock could lose to cena on the mic right and in my mind, the Attitude Era fans who were coming back for The Rock were like, no, there's no shot that The, the Rock's un unbeatable. In my mind, 
the promo thing was a plant by the WWE to give John Cena ammunition to win back some of those Attitude Era fans, to win back that audience that they felt like that they were going to be on the rock side no matter what. So what's a great way to deter people who are big wrestling fans is to say that this entire time throughout the 90s in the Attitude Era that The Rock wrote down promos on his wrist. That was the angle that they were going for, and they were trying to tear down The Rock as a worker, and they gave John the trigger, and he pulled the trigger, and that's what kind of set this entire off. And then that's what gave people who were on the fence to say, I love John Cena over The Rock. That's the, that's my only reason they planted that 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 for John Cena to pull the trigger on. Because I felt at the time, and you correct me if I'm wrong, and people in the chat correct me if I'm wrong as well, I felt John was losing that the 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 never never once was losing it never once was losing it um i'm looking at my grocery list you want me to add some tinfoil so you can make some hats out of this because it seems like you believe it okay (laughs) Uh, look i don't think it's this people people out there see the same thing i do i don't think this is some grand conspiracy of the wwe setting up the rock to take an l here's the thing and even if we take away that entire segment of of the whole uh, promo on your wrist cena without that line completely still eviscerated the rock for months every time they were on the mic against one another you want to know why because the rock continued to default to things that no longer work today he continued to default with like your shirts are different different colors you're looking like a gay teletubby it's like real doesn't work anymore dude does you realize that teletubbies aren't even on tv anymore like that they were big in the 90s dude they don't work anymore uh he did the he tried to do the rock concert those amazing concerts that he tried to do in 2003 and fell flat because they were hokey and lame anytime john cena got on the mic he destroyed the rock one time one time john cena decided to play into a gimmick and it was the doctor of thugonomics gimmick he did one promo as the doctor of thugonomics own the rock like there there was every turn every which way that the rock tried to come at john cena john cena kept beating the rock every which step of the way and i just can't accept the argument that well then you know in 1999 you know, in, in 1999 the rock would have eviscerated john cena not like that at all <laughs> no twitter okay. sounds like that okay do you think though it is you have to understand that John Cena, a veteran, and constantly working week in and week out, and then you have The Rock stepping into that arena, rusty as mess. I'm not, I'm not, no excuses, okay? I simply think that The Rock was put in a situation where he didn't necessarily, did not know how to dismantle John Cena because he didn't know who John Cena was. The best thing that he had against John Cena was, I built this place that you stand on, and I know, and the people know it, that I'm, I am the greatest of all time, and I'm here to prove that to you, and I'm here to beat you because you are right now, this is your house, and I'm here to tell you that it's your house because I made it this house, and you wouldn't exist without me. Like, that was the best thing going. I felt John's sticking points where you're Hollywood, you're an outsider, you don't do this every day, I'm here day in and day out. I feel, which is kind of ironic, that that's what people tell John now, is that you're a part-timer, you come in, you do this thing, this is my house. I, I, I feel that the first promo set 
John Cena gave The Rock too much respect, right? You could kind of feel it, right? He was kind of like, you're The Rock, I'm going to let you do your thing. And the second time around, I think that is when John Cena showed that he's not afraid of The Rock and he's going to, again, yeah, he's I'm, a little bit, I'm, I'm a little bit hazy on them, on like, because there were like two years of buildup between the two, right? So I feel that maybe you are correct. Attitude Rock cannot live in the ruthless and PG era because it doesn't work out. My point in criticism of that version of The Rock is that he was too fast and furious rock to I'm going to stand here and I'm going to flare my nostrils Family. and I'm going to stare you down. Right. And, and I'm going to just intimidate you. And John Cena doesn't deal with that. And I think a little bit as well, and I'm going to be as blunt as I can be because John Cena said it. I don't think he played fairly with the rock. I don't think he, he, the, what I mean is it's a, it's a dance between sometimes promos, man. You can't just destroy people like that. And it, but why, 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 what's the John Cena gain from destroying The Rock on the mic when we know that he was going to lose that first match, right? Mm -hmm. And then he was going to win the second. Like, where yeah. is that? And I, I think that, I think that's where The Rock kind of felt slighted. And I felt like The Rock was like, like, what are you doing to me, John, type of thing. And that's why John said that comment is that you have to work with your partner. And he immediately saw that he says he, when he, does promos with future talent that he has to check with them to say, I'm going to do this. And are you ready for that? And oftentimes people of course will say yes to John and then they get obliterated and then they're not ready for it. Mm -hmm. We saw John Cena, I think put a big dent in the bloodline storyline. Like with his one thing, he kind of shut down Jimmy. Like, and that was unfair to Jimmy, bro. Like, don't do that to Jimmy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you, I have a valid, you have a valid point that John Cena is a great worker. I just think that he wasn't playing on the same field as the rock. No, was no, 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 no. Um, I think what we need to do, Sancho, is we need to we do need a Patreon watch party of those promos because it was the rock that was doing the low blows first. It was the rock that would cut that was doing attitude error. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, it was the rock that started it all. He's the one that was making fun of male John Cena fans. Right, he was the yes, one that said, "I'm calling male John Cena fans yeah. basically between words gay, fat, and losers." Like that's what he right. was doing. It's like, ah, okay, so that's not cool. Well, that's lame. That's pretty lame. That the only Do people that like John was, Cena are well, virgin men, women, and children. Like that, that's pretty. That's kind of a low blow as well. It was as, a low blow. Like, Do you think he was working heel though? Is my question. No, 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 no. I think he. I think he's. He was trying to bait the Attitude Era fans into completely and utterly turning on John Cena. But I don't think, I think to play to your point of he didn't really understand the John Cena character is that those people already hated John Cena to begin with. So he wasn't getting more people behind him. Those people that were, that he was trying to win over, they were already on his side to begin with. I think the big problem is, I think the WWE fumbled the bag with Rock and Cena. I know it sold the most pay-per-views at the time. Twice in a lifetime. Right, twice in a lifetime. They could have easily played up Icon versus Icon. They could have done that thing again, like Hogan Rock. I feel you have the two biggest male egos in professional wrestling, and they were not going to put each other over in any kind of way on the promos. And The Rock defaulted to what The Rock did best during the Attitude Era, which, that, which made money and sold tickets for The Rock. And I think he defaulted to that. And I think what makes John Cena great is that he was able to 
dance around that expertly and judo chop the uh, john uh the rock my point was i'm saying is if you put john cena in the attitude era the rock wins the rock no, wins. no because you can have ruthless john cena as well we just don't know what that out. We, we work out what are you what are you talking about we, we the never... doctor of thugonomics would win in the attitude against the rock not necessarily the doctor of thugonomics you're 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 trying to pick the only quote like um adult version of cena that we've had i'm just uh, what what's what's that you're picking the same version of the rock the attitude era rock. what about hollywood rock that, hollywood I, rock i was about so to i was about cena. to give you some props here okay can you yeah. can you wait a okay. second can you wait a second okay. the notion okay. that john cena nowadays isn't talented enough and good enough to turn his character to more rated r he's absolutely capable of doing it Do anyone that maker. says <laughs> anyone that says he can't like they, they're lying to themselves 2003 hollywood rock is the greatest version of the rock that there yes. is what i will say this and i'm gonna, I'm gonna toss you a bone here all right all here right, you go it. sancho the oh. rock is the greatest crowd promo deliverer ever when he is talking to the crowd it doesn't get better than The Rock. It really doesn't. But, close. but then what I'm going to tell you now is, because I'm trying to meet you in the middle here, I'm that here. when it comes to promo battles, human on human, wrestler on wrestler, John Cena's the guy. He's the, like you said, sometimes accidentally he's just too good. And now we're scared of putting him against other up and comers because he just eviscerates them without even trying. So I think Rock is the greatest crowd promo worker of all time. I think Cena is the greatest promo battler of all time. Can we, can we, can we find some common ground there? Okay, clearly we're not finding common ground. I'm thinking of like, who else would be the promo battler? Punk. Punk's the time. closest one to, to Cena. pretty good. There's no... Flair, pretty interesting. Right, Flair's Flair. an interesting choice. Flair's, Flair's an interesting, interesting choice. choice. Right, right. I think Stone Cold falls into where he works. The, like the crowd, the what chant and all that yeah. kind of ruined the like Stone Cold's run in terms of being able to cut a good promo. He's cut 316, Austin 316, right? Phenomenal promo against Shake the Snake, right? But because now he is the what guy, he cannot cut a normal promo yeah. without working the crowd that way, right? Yeah, but so but, but even that Jake the even that Jake the Snake promo, I still consider a, a crowd movie. promo. Right. I still consider that a crowd promo. I think right. I think right. the Attitude Era is full of amazing crowd workers, but I think I think, I, I think uh, nowadays Triple H, Triple H is, H is Triple, I would say out of the Attitude Era, Triple H is the best promo battler out right. of all of them, in my opinion. Maybe even like a Shawn Michaels as well. You know who's the worst? I hate to say this. The worst battler, The Undertaker. Oh, he's he can't. He can't. Bad, no, he'd get on. He he'd get on. pretty bad, dude. Yeah. He is bad. But, all right. Hey, great debate in chat. If you're a Rock fan, let us know. If you're a Cena fan, let us know. Be respectful. Santi and I were respectful. <laughs> we saw eye to eye. I like I like that we both agree Hollywood Rock would have been a much more bigger fun ride. Oh than my god, Be Rock would, would have never come back as heel though. Never. I know, but but that's my problem with that version with Dwayne with Dwayne the Rock Johnson is that he's the Instagram most followed guy wants to be the guy that hosts WrestleMania that everybody loves the Rock. That rock just does not work 
in professional wrestling because I don't know. I just feel like The Rock is is at is in a weird point in his career. Mm-hmm. I feel like anytime he tries to do something right, it always seen as a negative. Black Adam, a negative, right? You know what I mean? Like, I, there's just so much surrounding The Rock that I wish he would just please help that bloodline storyline. Okay, just just please. Just please. <laughs> All right. So we're we're actually going to transition to some uh, questions on Patreon uh, from patreon.com slash Santi's app. We have a couple of other topics that we I don't know if we have time for today. So let's go through the questions. And if we have time for those other topics, we'll come back to those. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So one of the questions from Patreon comes from Mako Mac. By the way, you can subscribe to Patreon, patreon.com slash Santizamp. The link is in the description of the YouTube video. If that's where you're watching it, where you're going to get Wrestling is Cool three days early, the supplementary podcast, Wrestling is Cool Plus, Raw, SmackDown reviews, and of course, uh, our wrestling watch alongs and our monthly mailbag. Go check it and, out. And video game Let's Play soon. That's new. That's new from, from Sancho. That's new. All right. So we had a question submitted in from Mako Mac who says, do you think that they should put NXT matches onto WrestleMania thoughts and what matches could work? I'll take this one. Uh, oh. uh, no, I don't think so. I think that um, NXT has its own version of WrestleMania, NXT Stand and Deliver. If you are putting matches from NXT onto WrestleMania, I think you're doing a great job of putting over that match while also simultaneously helping bury NXT Stand and Deliver. Because if 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 that match is, it, well, why wouldn't that match just be on NXT Stand and Deliver? Like, are we saying that the rest of the matches on NXT Stand and Deliver are not good enough to be on the uh, on WrestleMania? And if that's the case, why would I spend my time watching NXT Stand and Deliver? Because I think the only match from NXT that could work on WrestleMania is something for the NXT title, whether it's the women's title or the men's title. And I think you need to have that being the flag bearer of NXT Stand and Deliver, which literally takes place the night before WrestleMania. What do you think? I think what they should do is if if I'm going to be on the the shoe uh, the shoe on the other foot here, if they do do NXT, they should have it where send and deliver. There's a stipulation that the winner of that they wrestle on WrestleMania. Like I think that could be a reason why you watch send and deliver to see who gets to be the call up to WrestleMania. I just think we're already WrestleMania is a bloated show. It's already spread to two days. Uh, as someone who went to Los Angeles to see WrestleMania day one and day two, you're gassed by day two a little bit. Um, just the, just the, honestly, Santi, like, like driving to the stadium, parking in the stadium, going back to your seat, like all of that is taxing on day two. And I don't know where you put it in, like just period. There's just mm-hmm. no space for it. You, if you put it as a pre-show, you're diluting the water of NXT as just a pre-show filler. And at the same time, already there's so much talent on the main shows that you like rather have that i mean remember this was the uh, wrestlemania that la knight did not appear in in los angeles mm-hmm. and we were upset that there was a shane mcmahon uh <laughs> torn quad segment so it just shows that there's just not enough room in wrestlemania i i 100 agree uh thank you mako mac for sending in that question we have another question here yes aunt lorkin who in my stream i've been calling antiochren why haven't you corrected me that's an l not an i anyways a show like raw has so much filler which is true it's recaps after recaps after recaps uh mm-hmm. the nxt guys like Ilya dragunov uh braun breaker carmelo hayes and many more guys and girls uh, are available who can fill in that time but wwe seems to be holding back on call-ups what's going on want to take that 
No, it's money, dude. If there was mm. an advertiser paying you X amount of dollars and you don't have to put out that much content, you take that deal. You take the money. Sure. Does the content suffer? Sure. But we're still going to be there and watch. And at the same time, there is advertisers filling that hole. Does that change with Endeavor? Who knows, right? Mm. Maybe Endeavor gives them a little bit more wiggle room to maybe they don't have to take so many advertisement breaks. But that's just the way it goes. I mean, we yeah. you there's people out there that are putting the content. And I, I just think that, again... There's just not enough time for such a stacked roster. I think the pacing of the show is wrong and the way when they take segment breaks and how they do segments in general is weird because you go like 30 to 40 minutes without a match. It's kind of strange sometimes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I feel that way. But regardless, um, it's, there's a reason why it's three hours. It makes the WWE money. It keeps the lights on. That's the reason why they do yeah. it. I mean, it's just a necessary evil for us, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and I mean, another advertiser player is NXT itself. Like, we're no longer in the era of NXT just being on the WWE Network, this, like, supplementary extra thing. Like, this is advertising dollars for the USA Network as well on Tuesdays. Yes. Uh, and if you take out guys like Ilya Dragunov, Braun Breaker, uh, Carmelo Hayes, all in one fell swoop, all of which are absolutely ready to go to the main roster, you're heavily neutering uh, in in taking reasons away to watch NXT. Whether whether you want to admit that it's true, it is. Like, you lose three of those guys, like, that's a big hole left in NXT. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think you need to make NXT a viable product, and a way to keep it a viable product is by keeping top-tier talent for, for quite a while as well. On top of that, like, yeah. we've seen it you know, not work in the past where we rush NXT call-ups to the main roster and they have nothing to do there. And they yeah. end up, you know, treading water for a really long time. Some to the point where they just leave and go to over to AEW. At this point, I'm, I prefer the way that WWE is doing things where they're much slower and they are, you know, aside from a couple of hiccups, like for example, Oh, I can't remember his name to the moon. I can't remember his name. Um, they don't, they more, more often than not have things available in storylines for NXT guys and girls when they get called up. So mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, I prefer the wait. Mm -hmm. so thank you for your question. Yeah. Thank you for the support. Thank we you. next have a Dakota sending in a question with uh, Jay Uso being traded to raw in the news that someone from raw will now be traded to SmackDown. Who would you like to see being traded and who do you want that person to be feuding with when they get to SmackDown? Thank you, Dakota, for your question. Uh, Sancho, take that one away. I think it's going to be Drew. You think so? Drew McIntyre is going to be the guy. He he feels like he's going to be a heel soon. I mean, he's going up against faces, reluctantly beating them. Uh, I think Drew McIntyre, now that Riddle is being shelved for a little bit, and who knows what's going to happen with Riddle, I think SmackDown desperately needs somebody beyond Judgment Day. I know we've been talking about it in Bloodline. Mm -hmm. And I think Drew is a great, great, like, middle of the, middle of the show type uh, attraction. I mean, AJ Styles, I feel like, is a strange... I feel like he's still in a weird spot. Is he a heel? Is he a face? He's going up against the Good Brothers. You know, he's kind of, like, being grumpy for some reason. So I think Drew McIntyre is the guy that makes the switch over to that because it, it helps bolster that roster sure. a little bit more. And it gives them, a, 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 like, a big man attraction that, that I think SmackDown does need because there's a lot of tag teams over there and there's not a lot of singles guys over there like drew for sure i think they're teasing i don't know if they'll pull the trigger on it being cody rhodes he had a segment where he had a big announcement on Maybe. raw that uh, he didn't he didn't get to announce because um you know our hero dominic mysterio went out and, and got assaulted by him he did nothing he did. to cody rhodes he got he attacked did. viciously i don't know where the police was um but uh i think it could be cody rhodes from a narrative perspective i think it might be a little 
too early if the plan is for WrestleMania at some point with the bloodline. Uh, because if you put him in there now, I don't see how logically you can keep him away from, from the world championship. I, I don't know how you do it. So um, I'll, yeah. go, I'll go, I'll go just to give a different answer. I'll say Cody Rhodes though. That's a good pick. I mean, considering that he's not going to go after Seth Rollins and that's mm. what that belt's there for. And at the same time, uh, Roman's gone and me, Hey, you get some work with John Cena as well. I mean, that would be another name to have work with Cody, um, which is kind of interesting to to see what kind of that di- 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 that dynamic would be right. between Cody and John. Mm-hmm. And then the last question from our Patreon, we'll do this, uh, what I like to do, call gut check style, first thing that comes to mind, okay? Don't sure. put any thought into it. Prediction like it. on who will dethrone every champion. I'll give you the champion, you tell me who's dethroning them. All right, ready? Right. All right, Gunther, Intercontinental Championship. Chad. I think Chad Gable as well. Uh, Rey Mysterio, US Championship. LA Knight. Santos Escobar. I think that's where they're going. Uh, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, The Judgment Day. Uh, let's go with, um, what's it, The Beautiful Disaster? Was that what those two Oh, guys? Pretty Deadly? Pretty Deadly? Pretty Deadly. Yes, boy! I'm going yeah. with uh, the new Hurt Business. They don't have a name yet. But uh, oh, okay. uh, that's who I'll go with. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. They they cross paths on the on the last episode of SmackDown. Oh, uh, oh my 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 good is that they split the belts. That's my good. Think so? I think so. I think yeah, split the belts. It's not going to be an undisputed thing. So I think SmackDown will have the the disaster guys, and then Street Profits will have on Raw. I'm down. Be pretty deadly. All right. All right. I'm getting I, used to these guys. I, I need you to I need you to remember them because they're the best thing on SmackDown. Okay. Okay. They're the best okay. thing. Pretty deadly. I, I I know they're a recent call from NXT. That's why I like I I've seen them yeah. and I love the vibe. And the, the they're hair hilarious. Their dude, their hair is just gorgeous. They're awesome. It's feathery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The uh, women's world champion Rhea Ripley. Raquel. Mm, I'm saying she holds it until Becky Lynch beats her. Okay. okay. I I think Raquel. Yeah, I, I think Raquel. I would I hate it. if Nia does it. Oh my God. Dude, you want heel Continue. heat? You want heel heat? You want heel heat? You, we've been talking I, about I, getting some heel heat. I think that's heel I've heat. I've been getting some heel heat. I love it. <laughs> uh, the WWE Women's Championship current champion, EO Sky. Oscar. Bianca Belair. Oscar, another one. Oh, no, no, no. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I think it's going to be Charlotte. I think Charlotte takes the title and it sets up Charlotte versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. I don't, I don't mind those matches. I've seen them before though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It just seems to me and like I they're dead like, set on EO versus, sorry, um, yeah. Bianca versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. Yeah. But you don't see Oscar fighting EO at some point. I mean, they're kind of teasing that Oscar's running with the belt. Well, right? they, they're facing off in, in two weeks. Yeah. But I mean, you don't see that like actually, like I don't see EO doing anything with the belt though. That's the problem. That's the that is a problem. That is a problem. That is like a big it, problem. Like she's not promo working. I mean, damage control is not really doing anything with it. I mean, Bailey's not. She's not being a, a Christian. I would love Bailey to be a Christian about it, right? That'd be stealing the page from AEW. But it would be awesome if oh, Bailey was like, you know what I mean? Talking about you know with Luchasaurus. Dude, <laughs> I thought you were talking religious Christian. I'm like, what do you? <laughs> I would really like to see Bailey be be Christian. Christian. I'm like like doing like prayers, going to right, church. No, no. AW <laughs> Christian. Yes, yes. That makes a I lot more sense. I thought they would do that because, man, what did Bailey do, dude? Like, no one, like, Bailey's doing yeah. nothing, man. Yeah. I, I, there is, you know, the, the looming presence of Kyrie Sane, perhaps maybe coming yeah. back and aligning with EO or Asuka or I don't know, something. Maybe the Kabuki Warriors become a faction with those three and EO finally yeah. leaves damage control. Could be interesting. Uh, the uh, Seth Rollins' World Heavyweight Championship. Nakamura. 
Oh, you think he does it? You think he does it? Oh, after those promos, oh, dude, they're fired. They are so and if he, good. If he continues dressing that way and just beating up everybody, and his English promos are are, are like are in that in that style too that he's been delivering yeah. the the his Japanese promos. Him beating up Ricochet with loafers on? I was all about it, dude. Dude. I was like, when a yeah. man beats you with loafers? I was it's, like, yes. Yeah, it's disrespect. I love it. It is, yeah. dude. And I just, he's like, come get me, Seth. What's interesting, though, and I wanted to talk real quickly, is I love that he's doing this, like, what happens, Seth, when you have no one to fight that doesn't want to fight you? How much crazy does so it drive good. you? I love it, dude. It's, it's, a, it's, it's something where what I said to my Twitch chat was, if they could put whatever they're cooking in those segments into the ring... Nakamura will be on fire. I agree. But it's just the ring is not matching his what he's doing. Well, it's it's a, you know what's annoying? He beats up Ricochet like how we wanted him to beat up Seth beat Rollins at Payback. Yes. Like he's yes. <laughs> just poor Ricochet. Yeah. He's just getting annihilated. Uh, I'm going to fight him again. I, I, I go with Nakamura. I'm going to go with uh, Damian Priest because of Nakamura. That's what I'll go with. I just, I don't know. I just don't think that WWE is brave enough to put the title on Nakamura. I want to be wrong on that. I want to clarify. I want to be wrong. It, it could be Nakamura wins, Damien cashes in, pins Nakamura, so Seth doesn't look too weak. I don't know. Could maybe. Maybe. Uh, and then, of course, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. I'll go first. No one. No. I think he's been <laughs> – I think I saw a tweet talking about there's – he's like 300, 300 days away from Ro, uh, Hogan. Mm -hmm. I think he passes Hogan. Oh. I think he does. There's just I, – I have a segment here that we probably won't get to today, chat, called – Booking fantasy booking with Santi, where I give him my idea. Hear me out, Santi type of beat. Okay. Why don't uh, we, I, if you if you have the time, I we do. we we could um, end this episode here pretty soon because we're well over the hour mark there, and we uh -huh. can save this conversation for wrestling is cool plus. Okay, I'm down. And then okay. we could do the uh, the other new topics. Heat order. Yeah, the, the other topics that we missed. Then. I'm down. All I'm right. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's wrap it up there. Come on. It's it's five bucks. Yeah, it's five, five bucks to hear bucks. my fantasy booking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks thank you so much for listening to this episode of wrestling is cool like I've mentioned before go check us out on patreon had you been watching on patreon you would have gotten this episode ad free you would have gotten this three days early on Tuesday instead of on Friday on Friday night uh, you're also going to get a wrestling is cool plus our supplementary podcast that uh, goes alongside this podcast it's just more of us you're going to be getting the monthly mailbag you're going to be getting our monthly watch along Friday night Smackdown review raw review like there is so much content for you available all I'm asking is for right you now. to yeah just click just the link right now yeah click the patreon link and just see the tears that's it just go see the tears if none of them are for you then continue watching for free it's all good but if there's one that calls out to you please go ahead and uh and, and toss us a couple of extra bucks i try to make it as cheap as possible for while also giving you as much content as possible i think it's a very worthwhile right. patreon right right and just to be clear new heat order won't be a plus we just went over time we, we went over time it's going to be a good time though. yeah that rock scene a debate <laughs> oh, i loved it all right folks thank you so much for watching wrestling is cool uh take care and have a wonderful day peace